Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. We've got our full Week 11 preview here for you guys. Uh, not going to bury the lead. Going to go ahead and start off by introducing our third member of the podcast joining us here today. Justin Douster going to be producer for us, uh, help us out with some of the audio content, hopefully up our production value a little bit, uh, take some of the uh, you know just minute details out of our plate. So Justin, do you want to say hi to the people for us real quick? Yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Thanks for having me uh super excited to be here justin joined us uh before the season if you've been with us uh since then in uh one of our mock draft episodes so he's coming on full-time to help us out with some of the production aspects of this uh this podcast and we thank him for doing so uh we think it'll help us uh a big a big deal for uh for helping our production value just moving forward so Moving into our injury and news report, I have quite a bit to get to. Um, before we start, just like to throw in, uh, please comment, like, and subscribe on the videos. We'd love to do a Q&A session one of these days if we can ever get uh, enough questions on one of our videos. Please uh, continue to tell your friends and family about uh, the podcast. So uh, not to delay any longer, got a lot to get to for the injuries. So I want to lay this out here for you guys. First off, Bills and Browns was moved to Detroit. I uh, kind of expected this to happen a few days ago, a little bit after our Thursday preview podcast. I saw the news coming out. So uh, that game, not going to have any weather considerations, actually going to be probably better than you would expect from a normal game uh, in November in, in, in Buffalo. So to start all your guys in that game, we'll get to it later. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is out this week for the Kansas City Chiefs. McCole Hardman on IR. So the C's have parted for Kadarius Toney. We'll get to him later, but he's a smash start if you don't end up sticking around for this whole thing. Um, just really good news for the condensation in that Chiefs uh, wide receiver room. Uh, for the Broncos, Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler are out, so Cortland Sutton will see a similar situation in a worse offense, but he'll get a lot of targets, uh, as well as Greg Dulcich. Kyler Murray, game-time decision on Monday night. We'll, uh, again, give you some advice when we get to the game preview, but uh, that's going to be a tough one considering he plays on Monday. DeAndre Hopkins showed up on the injury report for a hamstring. It looks like he's going to be fine. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury termed it as maintenance, so uh, he is still questionable but should be okay. I think you can uh, be confident putting him in your lineup. Marquise Brown, his teammate, limited in practice this week. Could return a little sooner than we expected from uh, his ankle injury, but I would expect him to be very limited even if he returns, so we're not considering starting him this week. Head coach Mike McCarthy says he expects Ezekiel Elliott to play against the Minnesota Vikings. Again, we'll get to that further when we get to the game preview, but uh, I would expect that if he's in there, he's going to be playing uh, you know, at least close to what he normally would be for his uh, allotment of snaps. Gus Edwards, questionable for Sunday. I have not really seen much to give me any indication whether uh, he is leaning towards playing or not, so I'm going to call it 50-50. Just keep an eye on it. Uh, Mark Andrews, his teammate, also listed as questionable. Last update I said, uh, last update I saw said uh, John Harbaugh would will determine his status on Sunday morning. So pretty much a game time decision here for Mark Andrews. Make other plans just in case he does not go. His teammate Lamar Jackson, another uh, Baltimore Raven on the uh, injury report here, questionable uh, to play Sunday with an illness. We've seen these things kind of come back to bite us with a few guys uh, going with illnesses and then not playing as well. But I, I don't think you can get away from Lamar. Uh, Harbaugh said he expects him to play, so I think you just got to hope that he's okay. Devontae Adams, questionable with an abdomen injury. Haven't seen a lot on this one. A little surprised because it doesn't seem uh, certain that he's going to go, but keep an eye on it. I think you probably just can't risk leaving him on your bench. He's too good. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both logged full practices on Friday. 
Both are still listed as questionable, so uh, they're going to be risky plays. Hopefully you have uh, you know a DeAndre Carter or Josh Palmer on your bench that you can plug in there in case they don't go, but I think they're both leaning towards playing. I could definitely see a snap count playing out for one or both of these guys, but again, uh, this is a Kansas City game with a huge over-under and a lot of potential for points, so I think you probably got to get them in your lineup somehow and just come up with a backup plan. David Njoku, questionable. Uh, looks like a game-time call. Luckily, he plays at noon, so it won't be too hard to replace him if he can't go. And then Jamar Chase, uh, this is not uh, any news for this week, but he should be on, on, track to come, on track to come back to play next week against the Titans. So good news for Jamar Chase and the Bengals. Any reaction to uh, all the news and injuries there? I will say Justin and I are both excited to see that last part about Jamar Chase. Um, I think I've referenced a <laughs> yes, few absolutely. times that I uh, co-manage a dynasty team, and that is with Justin. So excited to have him uh, for you know the commentary in that league as well as all the production value. So glad he'll be back. I think we're starting uh, Michael, Gallup, Michael Gallup and MVS this week. So <laughs> can't wait for uh, Jamar Chase to be back in there. <laughs> MBS not actually yeah, a horrible it, play it this played week out for both a lot uh, Hardman and yeah, it played out a lot yeah. better than the way I was thinking about it earlier this week. All right, we got a lot of games to get to today, guys, so let's go ahead and kick it off here. Cleveland at Buffalo is our first one. Um, this one, again, like I said, to start the pod, is going to be played in Detroit, so that over-under has come back up from where it was uh, during the you know thunder-snow worries. It's at 49.5. Buffalo favored by 7.5 should see a decent amount of points in this one. We're going to be wanting the target options in this game. Starting on the Cleveland side, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, probably, uh, you know, worth a look in two QB leagues, but we're not considering streaming him, uh, especially with, uh, the tough Buffalo defense should have to throw quite a bit though. In this one, uh, the running backs uh, are pretty easy these days. Nick Chubb is obviously in your lineup. Kareem Hunt, I don't think you can trust until you see it. Uh, they just have not been, you know, nearly as, uh, as con as consistent in involving him in the offense as they have been in years past, he has seen you know plenty uh, three out of his last four games ten or less touches. Uh, that is just not enough of a floor for me. A lot of running backs are hurt and on by this week that are relevant, so it's going to maybe be tough to get away from him. But I would probably try to pivot if you can, Cody. Uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, if he's in your flex spot and you're in any kind of half point or full point PPR, I think we'll go through plenty of other wide receiver options that I would play over him. Um, if he's in your RB two spot. I really hope you have a good RB1 because that's, that's going to be pretty rough to get away from. But um, if you can, you got to bench Kareem Hunt. He just He's not getting his involvement in the passing game, and his usage in the run game is just – it kind of went up a little bit last week, but it, it didn't go up enough to make him fantasy relevant. Yeah, normally in a game script like this, I would like Hunt. You know, you'd expect a uh, at least a few targets to come his way, but that just really hasn't been the case. They've kind of been featuring Chubb a little bit more than they would usually, especially on passing downs. Um, I'd pivot as far down as Jarek McKinnon if, if it's a PPR league over Kareem Hunt. That's just how low I am on him at this point. we got to see it from him before I uh, am confident putting him back yep, in there. That's pretty far down, so uh, I think that tells you where we're at. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And even, that, even if it's a consideration for you, it should tell you where you're at. Uh, the wide receivers, hopefully, the fact that this is a neutral site game will uh, hope will help Amari Cooper overcome his road woes. He's obviously been uh, very dependent on the home road split so far this year. 
Uh, I, again, don't like to put a ton of stock into those sort of things. A lot of the times they're just outliers based on small sample size, but uh, this should be an atmosphere where Cooper does well. Uh, the Bills obviously have a tough secondary, but we just saw Justin Jefferson do his thing against them. And again, the, the Cleveland Browns are probably going to have to throw quite a bit in this one. I can't imagine you're getting away from Cooper. It's a pretty tough wide receiver landscape this week, as you'll get to uh, see later on here. So I am fine playing Cooper and his teammate Donovan Beebles-Jones, I would even be okay throwing in there if David Njoku ends up sitting. I think he is very dependent on uh, on Njoku in this one. So if Njoku plays, probably pivoting off of DPJ, but if he does not, I'd call uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, a solid wide receiver three. Yep, I agree with that. And then David Njoku himself. Uh, this one's a little tough. He's coming off a uh, pretty long-term injury at this point. Uh, his status for this Sunday is pretty up in the air. I'd call him a 50-50 shot to play. Uh, and if he does, I'd... You know, he's a tight end, so he's going to be tough to get away from. I'd put him just above the group of tight end uh, touchdown or bust guys that we'll talk about later and probably below pretty much everyone else. I think I'd rather start like a, a Tyler Higby oh, yeah. and even a Cole Komet above David Njoku, even if he's in there. And then uh, the rest of the touchdown or bust guys, I'd probably go ahead and just throw Njoku in there because of his, uh, you know, his target floor. But I'd be pretty nervous playing him considering uh, I, I would expect a snap count even if he goes. Yep, I agree with you on Njoku as well. And that's why I think uh, DPJ may actually have a little bit of fantasy value even if Njoku plays because he may just be limited his first week back so if you have to flex DPJ this week in a half or full point PPR I don't necessarily hate that either no again yeah the uh the game script here should be in his favor and they uh, are going to be playing in a dome so passing environment will be friendly uh, and then on the Buffalo side, this one's pretty easy. The, all these options, again, you're not worrying about your weather situation like you were earlier in the week, so they're all pretty much a go here. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, they're all in your lineup, and you're pretty confident playing them. Devin Singletary, the only guy you might have some reservations about, but again, a tough week with buys. Uh, only four teams, but all of them very fantasy relevant, so... He's a back-end RB2. I'm not uh, you know, changing my opinion based on those two touchdowns last week. Good to see him get in there just so you know we know it's possible. But Singletary's probably in your lineup. Not the most confident start, though. How do you feel about him? Um, yeah, he's definitely got to be in your lineup with the uh, bye week situation, but he's just a back-end RB2 to me. And I think, like I know you have noted here, I'm not changing my opinion based on his two TD game. I really wouldn't either. I think that he's probably the third option in this offense behind Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs. So um, he definitely has a chance to get, you know, a couple touchdowns any given game just because this offense is so good. But consistency wise, I, I do not like having to trust Devin Singletary, especially if you're a playoff level team. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's really a focal point of this offense. They can have you know really good days where they score 30-plus points and Singletary can still exactly. be marginally involved. So uh, he's just a guy you're hoping gets in the end zone or breaks a big play to, to make your day for him in fantasy. And then Dawson Knox is one of those touchdown or bust tight ends that I referenced earlier. I think I would probably play Njoku over him if he's active, not confidently, but uh, Dawson Knox is just one of those guys. If he catches a touchdown, you'll be happy, and if he doesn't, you won't. And, you know, you got about a you know three or four out of ten shot of that happening. So most of the time you're going to be disappointed. Yep, for sure. Philadelphia at Indianapolis is our next one. Uh, the Eagles favored by six and a half in this one. That line has moved quite a bit. I believe it started out at eight and a half in the Eagles' favor. So uh, the smart money on the Colts in this game, and I don't blame them. Uh, Over-unders 45. 
On the Philadelphia side, I think we're still sticking with our top options here, especially now that Goddard's out. Uh, the you know the condensation of targets should help us uh, predict this this uh, you know group of guys a little easier now. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is in. Miles Sanders probably uh, you know a solid RB two this week above you know the the Devin Singletary tier. So if he's on your team, you're most likely starting him. And then now AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, you don't have to worry about very much. I think they're both on your lineup. Hopefully Smith has a little bit more of a target floor now that Goddard is out of the lineup. Uh, do you have any disagreements on the uh, you know the more solid Eagles guys? No, in this I think game? you're actually right with that. I whenever I made my note there, I kind of forgot about the Goddard injury. So yeah, I think he is probably more towards a wide receiver two, kind of lower lower end wide receiver two as opposed to a wide receiver three slash flex option now. So. He should definitely be more involved. And he was last week once A.J. Brown kind of got banged up. So he should have his floor raised quite a bit. And then uh, Jack Stoll is the guy that's going to be taking over for Goddard in this offense. I am uh, definitely not starting him this week. If you're in a really deep league and you're desperate at tight end, you can stash him. This will be interesting to see. They they really involve the tight end in the screen game quite a bit. Uh, it bumps up Goddard's value a lot. I, I am wondering if that's just a part of their offense and Stoll will get those targets or if that was just a way to get the ball in Goddard's hands because he is you know an elite-level playmaker at the position. So I'd probably expect Stoll to just be more of a blocking guy and then Devonta Smith again to get a bump up in a target share, but we'll see, I guess, where this uh, Eagles offense goes. Do you have any interest in Stoll? Um, I mean, I think he's just a name at this point, but I mean, he could add some value in the upcoming weeks, but um, I do think the Eagles like to use the tight ends in the red zone a lot, so if he becomes a touchdown threat, maybe he gets one this week, one next week or something, I may consider it, but with Goddard coming back eventually, I just you can't have a lot of long-term investment in Stoll, so... I don't really know if he's going to hit too many rosters over the next couple weeks. Yeah, best case scenario, he works his way into the Dawson Knox tier, and that's not that exciting of a place to For be sure. anyway. So uh, just a name, like you said. On the indie side, uh, Matt Ryan is only uh, a play in two QB leagues. Uh, he did you know, enliven this offense a little bit, but they played the Raiders last week, so I'm not ready to uh, even consider him in the streaming tier, especially against the Eagles in this one. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's in your lineup. This Eagles run defense has been pretty rough. They did try to address that this week. They signed Indominus Sue and Linval Joseph, but both of those guys are in their 30s, and we're not sure how much NFL shape they're in. Uh, I would doubt that they would you know, drastically change the way this defense plays uh, just four or five days after signing. So I'm confident playing Taylor. Hopefully they continue to feed him the ball. I think the more interesting conversation here is with the wide receivers. Paris Campbell has really been better than Michael Pittman the past three or four weeks of Matt Ryan in the lineup. I'm hard-pressed to rank him above Pittman just because of the pedigree here, but uh, I, I think they're pretty similar in my eyes, especially in a, in a full PBR, half PBR situation just because of the share Campbell's been getting. Uh, how do you feel about him, Cody? I'm I'm kind of torn here. Um, I definitely think Pittman still has more high-end talent. I think Paris Campbell is just kind of um... – the safety blanket for Matt Ryan. He doesn't get a lot of downfield targets. It's a lot of, you know, just beyond the line of scrimmage, and then he makes it makes some plays out of it. So I, I still think Pittman is definitely the higher-end player. I'd actually probably have Pittman quite a bit higher than you do. I see you have him as like a high-end wide receiver three. I think he's probably a little bit closer to a back-end wide receiver two, you know, I mean, probably, you know, right in there between 22 and 26. I would assume I'd have him somewhere in that range. So I think Campbell's still a little bit lower uh, for me. I don't have a lot of confidence playing Campbell unless it's full point PPR. I think I want to see it one more week with you know Matt Ryan getting back-to-back -back starts before I were to put Campbell in my lineup. 
Yeah, I guess I just I, I believe the trends a little bit more than you yep. do on this one. I uh, I probably pretty much have them in the same spot. Again, if it's uh, if I have both of them on my team, I'm going Pittman in pretty much all formats. But it's it's a close one for me. Uh, I mean, I have a few guys. I probably know where you're going after you know your temperature on Campbell there. But uh, would you rather play Paris Campbell or Deontay Johnson against the Cincinnati Bengals? Um, yeah, I, obviously. I mean, my sentiment on Campbell is a little bit down, but my sentiment on Deontay is also pretty far down. Um, I think I would still go Deontay this week if I had to make the decision. The decision. But I mean that one. That one's more interesting to me. I could I could see myself getting talked into Campbell. And then Paris Campbell or Zeke if he goes against Minnesota. Um, if you want to go Campbell in a full point PPR and just hope that his you know targets and receptions maintain, I I can't blame you for that. But I think in any half or non point PPR, you got to go Zeke. Yeah, that one's all about format for me as well. Full point, I'll go Campbell. And then uh, as for Deontay and Campbell, I think it's very similar. Uh, even though they both kind of profile as possession guys, I'd go uh, Campbell in full point and then Deontay in half and non just because I think he's a, has a little bit better of a chance to have a, a large play uh, than, than Paris Campbell. For sure. Jets at Patriots is our next game. Uh, Patriots favored by three and a half at home in this one, over under a disgusting 38 and a half points. So uh, these options are, you know, use at your own risk as we move along here, just because of that low point total, not a ton to go around here. On the Jets side, uh, we're not considering Zach Wilson this week, a low end QB2 option at best. Uh, again, uh, at the Patriots is not a good place for young quarterbacks to be. Did not play well at home a couple weeks ago against the Patriots either. So I think the only play that Zach Wilson has is volume here, and I don't want to trust it uh, just because he really hasn't shown me much to, to, to trust at this point. Uh, the running backs kind of in a similar boat. Unfortunately, they had tough games against the Patriots the last time out. Uh, Carter and Robinson both did better against the Bills two weeks ago, but uh, I think these guys are both lower level plays at this point. Um, how do you how do you feel about these Jets running backs? First off, who would you rather start, Michael Carter or? James yeah, I Rodgers? have to go Michael Carter. I think he's going to be involved in the passing game, which they may desperately need in this in this game. So. I'm going to lean him. Um, I think he is the one that you can play in a flex level uh, with flex level confidence. I I don't think you could play James Robinson with really any kind of confidence. He would just be a desperation play in my mind. James Robinson or Kareem Hunt for my friends that are in uh, tough straits here. Oh yeah, that is uh, that is very tough. I think I have to go James Robinson simply because. Uh, I, I think he's. I think you should get some work with Kareem Hunt if they continue to phase him out. I mean, I just think his bust potential is very high this week. So. Yeah, I uh, I would agree. That's a tough one for me, but uh, James Robinson at least did get the work last time out against the Bills. You'd expect them to keep splitting, so yeah. I think I would go Robinson as well. Uh, Garrett Wilson, I like quite a bit this week. Actually, I think his volume has been really encouraging. Uh, Corey Davis still out. Uh, Eli Moore relegated to a slot role. I'm interested to kind of see how that plays out now that they moved him inside. Maybe that opens something up for him. But I think Garrett Wilson is, you know, going to have 25 or 30% of the targets in a game. They'll most likely have to throw a decent amount. Uh, and he had a pretty good game against the Patriots last time out, Cody. I think you're probably a little lower on him than I am, but uh, I'm fine starting Wilson again in a very tough wide receiver landscape this week as a, a back-end two, high-end three type. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely not the boom-bust wide receiver three that I listed him as here. As I'm looking at on the, as I'm looking at a lot of the players out on by, he definitely has to be bumped up quite a bit because of that. Um, I don't love the matchup for him, but he should be the beneficiary for the game script. So Garrett Wilson definitely should be played this week. I'm probably, you know, 
high-end wide receiver three still for me, but he, he deserves to be up there. Yeah, really tough week with the buys. I mean, again, only four teams, but I think I could count. I counted uh, about eight top 24 wide receivers on those yep. teams. So just think about, you know, taking eight guys out of that top 24 and then uh, reconsider where your guys are going to line up. I'm playing uh, two um, different guys in two different leagues that every single player on their bench is on a bye week this week. That's how fantasy relevant these and, teams are. Like, I mean, there's no One of those guys is me. Yes, Nick is one of them. And then one of them <laughs> is in another league. <laughs> Um, Tyler Conklin, actually somewhat interesting here. I'd call him a low-end streamer. I'd probably play him above those uh, touchdown or bust guys like Dawson Knox and, uh, again, a few of the other guys we'll get to later like Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson. Uh, I might be crazy here. I know he scored two touchdowns last time out against the Patriots. I'm not chasing that necessarily. I just think his target volume is going to be a little higher than uh, those other guys uh, at the bottom end of that team. Yep, I agree with you. And again, he's he's another one that could just be a beneficiary of the game script. He may get a couple extra targets because they're down by a lot. So don't mind having to stream him if you have to. And on the Patriots side of things, this is a pretty easy one. There's really only two guys we're considering, and both of them are pretty much in my lineup. Mac Jones off the board at the quarterback position. Hopefully, even in two quarterback leagues, you got better options. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is in. I'm keeping an eye on Harris's involvement. I, you know, it's Patriots running back, so I, I'm still waiting for that game where Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson go back to splitting the workload, just because Bill Belichick likes to Belichick. But at this point, I don't see how you get away from Stevenson, especially with his passing game involvement. He's pretty much a lineup lock right now, and then uh, Harris is a hold on your bench at the moment. Justin, you should then, uh, uh, Justin, you, have... you should trade me Ramondre, or you should trade me Jamar Chase for Ramondre Stevenson. Just throw yeah, I'll get right on that. Thank you. I'll get right on that. <laughs> Yeah, just disregard my comment earlier where Jamar is coming back next week, and maybe that's a good trade. But um, Jacoby Myers is the other guy that we're considering, and I think he's a solid wide receiver too. His target volume is always there, and uh, he had a good game against the Jets a couple weeks ago. Matchup is uh, not great, but not bad. It's pretty middle of the pack. So uh, I think a guy that's getting 8 to 10 targets is going to be hard to get away from again in a really tough week for wide receivers. Yep, I think he's very similar to Garrett Wilson for me, so don't mind playing Jacoby Myers. I think he definitely has a boost in uh, full and half-point PPR for sure. Yeah, I think I would actually go Myers over Wilson, and you oh, know, I, I mentioned earlier that I'm pretty high on Wilson, so uh, I, I think he's a solid play this week. Uh, Carolina at Baltimore is our next one. Baltimore favored by 13 points at home in this one. Over under only 41 and a half. So uh, not a lot of meat on the pie there for the Carolina Panthers here. Uh, obviously not considering Baker Mayfield. I think he might be the last starting quarterback on the board for me uh, off the top of my head. Most likely like at the, on the road against Baltimore, we are not even considering him. Deonta Foreman's probably the only guy on this team that we are comfortable starting. And I don't have a ton of comfort either. Uh, we saw what happened when they go down big early against Cincinnati. Foreman had a complete dud. I Again, this is a 13-point dog situation for Carolina. I could see that happening again, uh, coupled with the fact that the Ravens do have a really tough run defense. So going to be hard to avoid him just because of the volume that he could see. But uh, I don't have a ton of confidence in Deonta Foreman this yeah, week. Yeah, Nick pointed out a really good stat when we did our Week 10 recap. Deontay Foreman has four touchdowns in his last two games against the Falcons and five other total touchdowns for the rest of his career. So um, I don't mind playing him. He is the RB1 on this team, but you definitely have to be, you know, watch out for the no TD bust game because it's definitely in the cards with him. 
Yeah, 100%, especially at Baltimore just does have a really tough defense as well. I wouldn't love this even if this was more of a six or seven point spread rather than a, a 13.1. But uh, DJ Moore, I, you know, normally if this was PJ Walker, uh, even in this spread and this low over under, I would probably say put him in your lineup just because we would have confidence that he's going to get hyper targeted but with baker mayfield back in the lineup we've seen it he likes to spread it around um and the panthers are probably going to do everything in their power to you know not let him throw the ball that's the only thing that actually gives me a little more confidence than deonta foreman but dj moore is playing at your own risk he's a boom bust wide receiver three i'd have him below pretty far below uh the other options we've talked about michael Pittman, uh jacoby myers garrett wilson definitely below all those guys would you? Uh, this is an interesting question. Would you rather go Paris Campbell or I'm DJ Moore Paris this Campbell, week at Baltimore? For sure, I, I DJ Moore. I luckily don't have. I don't have him in any league, so I don't have to, you know, not have to worry about trying to play him. But he's a play at your own risk kind of guy. I would not be playing him in any kind of format in any league unless I had nobody else on my bench. So if you're in that position, yeah, the quickness. Oh, good. The quickness with which Cody answered that question of Paris Campbell over DJ Moore should probably tell you all you need to know about how uh, we view Moore this yeah. week. Uh, 14 implied you know, total points for the Carolina Panthers is just not a great situation along with Baker coming back. I'm, I'm really trying to avoid him. Uh, on the Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson is in. Uh, I don't really see a potential for a ceiling game here for him. Again, I think this Panthers offense is going to struggle. They're probably not going to have to do a ton, and uh, there's always the potential that coming off this illness that the Baltimore just tries to lighten his load a bit. Again, we saw this kind of play out with Devonta Adams a few weeks ago, with Daryl Henderson in the same week. Uh, these things always just kind of have a chance to you know, bite you with this because uh, it's just impossible to know uh, how he's feeling. He could just be totally fine, uh, but he could also you know, be a little bit hampered. So Lamar, Lamar Jackson's in, but just kind of manage your expectations in this one. Uh, the running backs are a lot tougher for me. Uh, Gus Edwards, as I said, is pretty much looking at a game-time decision. If he's out, I'm pretty comfortable starting Kenyon Drake as a solid RB2. I think he should get a ton of work in a game. They should be winning pretty easily. We've seen uh, the likes of Joe Mixon and a few others have really good games against this Carolina defense, so uh, they don't scare me at all. But if Gus is back, really tough to know how they're going to split this work. Uh, I, I would... You know, I would say I'd think they would limit Gus Edwards' touches if he comes back off the injury, but they gave him 16 carries in his first game back off that ACL tear. So I'm, you know, I don't really know how to feel about it. Uh, hopefully, Cody can give me a little, uh, you know, a little insight on how how this is going to play out. Yeah, I mean, I would expect Gus to definitely get some workload if he does come back. I mean, there's no point in, in them bringing him back for Carolina unless he's going to get some work. So I think if Gus does come back, Drake gets uh, downgraded considerably. So. I think if if Gus does come back, I think Drake can almost be you know a must bench just based off you just don't know how it's going to play out. So if you're in any kind of a close matchup, I think you'd probably have to bench Drake for someone you know that you could rely on a little bit more. Well, uh, considering uh, the temperature check you just gave us, I'm not even going to list these names because I'm assuming they're both yeah. above above Kenyon Drake. That's Eli Mitchell and Darius Slayton. Those are sort of some kind of some lower level options to see where you were with him. But we are pretty much just trying to avoid Drake if Gus Edwards is back. Disappointing too with a 13 point, you know, 13 point favorite. You'd hope that the running backs would be good plays, but I, I, I they, agree, it's just really tough to know how it's going to play They may turn out. into good plays because they may just be up big and they're running the football, so they just get a bunch of empty yardage towards the end of the game. So they may end up being fine plays, both of them, in the long run because of this is a blowout. But, again, if you're in any kind of a close matchup, I just wouldn't have the confidence in Kenyon Drake or Gus Edwards putting up their projections this week. 
And then the tight ends is a pretty easy flow chart for me. Uh, Mark Andrews is obviously in your lineup if he plays. Uh, and then Isaiah likely is in your lineup if Mark Andrews does not play. So uh, that's really the only thing you're looking at there. Just watch the update on Sunday morning. Hopefully it comes reason a reasonable amount of time before game time so you can uh, you know make your adjustments in your lineup. But uh, I think that's really where I'm at. Likely, even if Andrews goes, uh, I'd say he's you know in that TD or bust tier, but probably trying to avoid him he could be a complete zero yeah i i do think if you are stuck between you know the td or bust tier and likely and mark andrews plays i may just go likely just based on the fact they don't really have any wide receivers out there and uh mark andrews coming off the injury may be just somewhat limited so if you're if you're stuck with likely i don't love it but you know i don't hate it i'd play him over at dawson knox or someone of that level yeah, I think I think I would pivot to Knox in that situation just okay. because of the way I think this game yeah. is going to play out. I could see Lamar Jackson throwing, you know, 15 passes in this one uh, if they go up big, and the, the, again, the Carolina Panthers' offense predictably struggles. So uh, I, I just think the passing volume being so low could really just end, you know, end up having likely getting one target, and that's it if Andrews is going. But just have to watch the update on Sunday for morning sure. for him. Washington at Houston is our next game. Another thriller here. The Commanders favored by three points on the road against the Texans over under 40 and a half. Um, on the Washington side, uh, these options are, you know, at least interesting against this Houston defense that's been giving it up pretty much across the board. Taylor Heineke, I think he's a solid option in two QB leagues. Wouldn't be going this low in a one quarterback situation, but you can throw him in there and in, uh, in two QB leagues if you got a couple guys on a bye. And then uh, the running backs are the most interesting of the group here. Uh, that's Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. We saw what the commanders want to do when, uh, you know, they are controlling the game. They want to feed these two over and over and over. Uh, I believe they both ended up with uh, over 15 carries last week. Robinson was well into the 20s. So I could see that playing out again here against the Texans who have a very bad run defense. Uh, so I think Robinson's probably a solid play, especially in non-PPR. He's a solid RB2. Half and full PPR, a little bit tougher just because he does not catch the ball whatsoever. But uh, I, I think I'm still okay throwing him out there again in a rough week for buys. And Gibson, probably similar. How do you feel about uh, these Washington running backs? Yep, I do I do like both of them this week. My note here is a little bit misconstrued. I said it says Gibson is more of a PPR option. I meant to say I like Gibson more as a PPR option just because he is the one who gets the uh, sure. pass-catching work there. I actually have an interesting uh, – text message that i got here would you play brian robinson you got to pick two out of three in a full point ppr league you have brian robinson Kadarius tony and michael pittman jr what are who are the two no brian robinson michael pittman jr and Kadarius tony i need two to play full ppr yes, you said full ppr I think considering the news we got off the top with the Chiefs wide receivers, I'm going to have to go Tony and Pittman uh, in the full point PPR again just because Robinson will not catch any okay. passes. If he does, it'll be one or two at the That's most. what I so thought too. Too high of a floor in full yeah, PPR. The guy, the guy I was talking to was kind of stuck. He wanted to play Brian Robinson really bad. But I was like, I don't know. Full point PPR, I think I'm taking the receiver options every time there. So I will uh, yeah. let him know. Cool. Yeah, that's where I would go as well. Uh, just too tough, especially if Houston plays Washington a little tougher than we expect. Uh, Robinson can totally dud for you. So uh, I would pivot to those wide receivers. It may be on the best bets. I do expect this game to be rather close. So tune in. I was going to say, as Cody 
may think here uh, that the Texans play him a little tougher than we might think. Uh, the wide receivers, I think it's Terry McLaurin and everyone else. While Heineke is in, he's been you know pretty consistent in heavily targeting him uh, since he's been back uh, the last couple weeks. So I like McLaurin quite a bit as a wide receiver two play. I think he's in there pretty solidly. And then the rest of the guys are pretty much dart throws, Samuel and Dotson, especially now that Dotson's back. Uh, Samuel has kind of just fallen back to more of a you know wide receiver three wide receiver four type so i don't know if you have any more interest than i do in either one of these guys but it's pretty much just yeah i would say dfs dart throws or they could be flexed in super deep leagues this week i would play samuel over dotson but rest of season i'd rather have dotson over samuel uh mclaurin i do want to note if he does have a good game against the texans he you may uh want to see what you can get for him i tried to make a trade for him earlier this week and the mclaurin owner had some really high um, expectations for that trade for McLaurin. So if other people feel the same way about McLaurin, I think I'd rather move off of them if you can get uh, the kind of haul that they were, you know, the McLaurin owner was expecting for them. So if someone's willing to give you a lot, I wouldn't mind moving off of them. Yeah, my trouble with McLaurin is the the possibility of Carson Wentz coming back and, you know, being under center. I think he, he showed he spreads the ball around a lot more than Heineke has. If it was Heineke the rest of the year, I'd be a lot more confident in Terry. But uh, if Carson Wentz were to come back, it's probably just going to be, you know, a three-headed attack like it was earlier yep. this year. He, on the Houston side, uh, this this has gotten pretty easy these days. It's pretty much just one guy we're confident in, and then a lot of you know desperation flexes at the wide receiver spot. That one guy is Damian Pierce. Uh, manager expectations here, though. Washington has quietly been really good against fantasy running backs of late. They held Dalvin Cook in check. They held Miles Sanders in check last week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor had a bad game against them a few weeks ago as well. This, this defensive line is playing pretty well right now, so it's probably more of a mid-tier RB2 rather than the low-end RB1 we've come to expect. But, uh, yeah, again, tough week with buys. He's in your lineup. Just, again, just manager expectations here. This Washington front has been pretty good. Uh, and then the wide receivers, like I said, Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, both of them are pretty interchangeable to me. Cooks probably has a slightly better chance at a big play, but I think they're both back in wide receiver threes. It's going to be hard to have faith when Davis Mills is throwing you the ball. Uh, Cody, I have a few names for you to give me a temperature check on these Texans guys. Would you rather start Donovan Peoples-Jones or either one of the Texans wide receivers? Um, I think I would go Brandon Collins uh, or Brandon Cooks. Donovan Peoples-Jones <laughs> then Nico Collins out of those options interesting I think I'd have DBJ at the top of that list don't hate uh, that but either. they're all pretty I, close see, they're very me. similar players and then Texans wide receivers or any Rams player be it a wide receiver or a running back oh wow yeah that makes it even uh makes it even easier there um I think I had to go Brandon Cooks probably still is my number one him and Allen Robinson would probably be one and two and then after that Nico, or probably Skoranek, and then Collins, and then I, I, when we get to the Rams running backs, I just I don't know how you have confidence playing any of them. So um, I don't think that I would. I think I'd have to play Brandon Cooks or Allen Robinson as my number one player there. Yeah, the any Rams note there was probably more of just a dig at the Rams in general than uh, you know an actual consideration of the running backs here over the Texans guys. But just kind of funny how far these Rams have fallen, being the defending Super Bowl champs to having zero skill position players. You have any probably the in. worst Super Bowl defense in NFL history. We'll see how the rest of the season might plays be, out, but be. it's headed that way. Uh, Speaking of the Rams, that's our next game. Rams at Saints. Uh, New Orleans favored by three points at home over under. Only 39 points in this one. 
Um, on the Rams side, uh, I think you know Matthew Stafford's obviously not playable in a two QB situation. I guess you could do worse, but I, I'm probably trying to find someone else uh, rather than Stafford. Just a really low floor there with no cup. And then, as you mentioned, Cody, I don't know how you can have any confidence playing these running backs. I could see any one of them leading in carries, any one of them leading in snaps. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, they're probably just going to try to mix it up and go with the hot hand. So uh, if you want to take a guess as to who that is, be my guest. But uh, even in, again, a really tough week for buys, I am not considering any one of these options. Cody, do you have any different feelings this, uh, based on how you addressed it earlier? I'd say no. This but. is the way that I'm going to label these guys. Cam Akers, you can't play. Daryl Henderson would be my absolute desperation play. Kyron Williams, hold and hope for the breakout. I'd recommend pivoting off all these guys where possible, but Henderson would be the only one I'd consider having to put as a desperation play. But again, in any kind of PPR, or half PPR, all these lower end wide receivers are, are above him still. So not, not trying to put any vote of confidence on Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I think you laid it out pretty well there, Cody. I'll just leave it there. Uh, and then on the wide receivers, I think Ben Skoranek and Allen Robinson are the two we're looking at with a little side of Van Jefferson as well. I could really see any one of these three guys leading in targets. I think the Rams are just going to, again, be kind of mixing it up here and seeing what works in the you know absence of Cooper Cup. I think I'd rather start Ben Skoranek uh, than Allen Robinson or... Uh, Van Jefferson in this one, just because I believe he he kind of fills the role the Cup has left in the fact that you know he sees some of those screen plays, plays in the slot a little bit more, might end up soaking up uh, those targets. Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson both don't profile as much uh, as slot receivers as Ben Skoranek does, so he'd be my play, but not very confidently at all. He'd be below pretty much every wide receiver option we've talked about, Cody. Disgusting question for you, but would you rather start uh, any one of these Rams wide receivers or DJ Moore? Oh, I'd go Ben Skoranek over DJ Moore for sure. And then I'd say Allen Robinson's wow. pretty close to DJ Moore. Just because I think Allen Robinson and DJ Moore are pretty much the same player at this point, except for DJ Moore's way talented with a less talented quarterback. Allen Robinson's kind of old old and busted, but at least Matthew Stafford's throwing him the football. So some of those deep shots, one of them may end up hitting for you. It may be a touchdown and save you, but... I wouldn't play DJ Moore or Allen Robinson in a full point PPR. Uh, if you're in a desperation play, I would go Skoranek over any other of those options that we've talked about, you know, kind of in that, you know, desperation tier. Yeah, I again with the quickness on that answer, really uh, displaying our lack of confidence in DJ it's not Moore. DJ I think Moore, I would have to go. Just for just for the listeners. Yeah, I, I don't want to. We're not disgracing DJ Moore. He's an absolutely amazing, talented wide receiver. I will never trust Baker Mayfield with a fantasy asset. Betting against uh, betting against Baker Mayfield is always a good bet to make, but uh, I think I would rather pivot to DJ Moore if we're going this low just because he has the chance to break a 60-yard touchdown, whereas these guys just don't That's have fair. quite that much athleticism. But uh, I do agree they probably have higher floors than DJ Moore, which is saying quite a bit considering we really don't know how this is going to play out. Uh, Tyler Higby, the only guy on this offense I'm actually pretty comfortable starting. We saw uh, his target share come back up last week, and you'd have to figure he's going to be really necessary in this offense uh, sans Cooper Cup. So I'm okay playing him as a, a back-end starter over uh, Njoku if he goes over. Uh, would you – actually, this is interesting. Would you rather go Komet or Tyler Higby? Um, I think I'm going to go uh, – I think I'd go Higby and just, just bet on the PPR floor. Uh, but I do have another question for you. Would you go Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett? That's interesting, and it really depends on who goes for the Chargers. I think if both of uh, Allen and Williams are in, I'll probably go Higby. Uh, 
if one of those two guys sits, I'll go ahead and stick with Everett in that uh, really high-scoring affair, you'd hope, at least, with the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I want a piece of that game if I can have it. But if Everett's the fourth option behind you know Palmer, Williams, and Allen, I'll just stick with Higby. Fair enough. And then uh, on the New Orleans side, we're not considering Andy Dalton. Uh, Alvin Kamara is in. I'm really hoping we see a bounce back in opportunities. Again, this is another guy that kind of falls into that high-end, uh, mid-tier RB2 tier right now with the, the way he's been playing lately, but he's too good to get away from. Uh, Chris Olave kind of falls into the same boat. He's been struggling recently. I really hope we get Jameis Winston back in there, but earlier this week, Dennis Allen came out and said that uh, Jameis will not be healthy the rest of the year. I <laughs> have to figure that is that is playing a large part in the reason we haven't seen him, uh, just because Andy Dalton has really not shown much to keep his job so far. So I uh, have more confidence if it's Winston. I don't have any confidence that he's going to be back, though. I think he's still got to play Olave just because he's that good. But uh, I have a few guys I want to get your che- get your temperature check on, maybe in some shallower leagues uh, with Chris Olave. Uh, would you rather start Olave or Gabe Davis against yeah, the Yeah, these Browns? are good problems to have if this is what you are deciding between. Um, right. I think in full PPR, I'd probably still go Olave. And just, he just will have the safer floor. Maybe not quite the elite ceiling, but I think it's a little bit safer. Um, but half in, in non-PPR, I love Gabe Davis this week. I mean, they're going to be in a dome, and that's one of Buffalo's home games. So that's I mean that's going to be beneficial for probably his overall stats for the year and for you know points per game fantasy-wise. So... I, I I'm very high on Gabe Davis this year or this week against uh, uh, Cleveland. Yep. The Browns, yeah. I, I think that, like you said, that that uh, that game just sets up really well for what he does well in the dome uh, against a, a weaker secondary. Uh, you just you, it, it seems like this is a week where Gabe Davis should have uh, a long a long catch or a long touchdown, sure. but. Uh, would you rather have Chris Olave or Devonta Smith? Yeah, I think i got to go Chris Olave on probably all formats still. Uh, that may change. We'll see what Devonta Smith does with no uh, no Goddard this week. But my only concern with Olave is that Andy Dalton is his quarterback. So that, that part is kind of hard to get past, but I think I'd still take him over Devonta Smith at this point. This one's a little closer for me. Uh, I just have a decent amount of confidence that Devonta Smith is going to be more necessary to the offense with no Goddard. And again, yeah, like you said, the the Andy Dalton factor is giving me a little bit of the heebies with Chris Olave. Uh, I, I think I would go Olave still, but if you chose Smith, I wouldn't blame you. They profile pretty similarly. You know, young, talented wide receivers. Uh, they can both hit the big play, and they can both dud just because. In Olave's case, his quarterback's not very good. In Devonta Smith's case, uh, his offense doesn't necessarily need him to move the ball. Uh, two tight ends we can actually consider on the Saints side, which is a little weird considering that this game has such a low over-under. Uh, but Juwan Johnson and Taysom Hill pretty much fall into the same bucket. Their tight end touchdown or bust. Juwan Johnson has been a top 10 tight end three out of the past four yep. weeks. He's got four touchdowns in that span. Uh, I am playing him against Cody in our Dynasty League this week. I had uh, a, an unfortunate Dallas Goddard injury, and Trey McBride or Juwan Johnson was my decision. I ended up going with Juwan because of his recent hot streak. Uh, would you rather play Juwan or Taysom in this matchup? Uh, I think I would go Juwan. I just – I so whenever the – I think he scored a long touchdown either last week or the week before, 
And the announcer made a really good point that he was actually a wide receiver in college, and he just added a little added a little bit of weight to be moved to tight end. So he probably has some pretty good speed for the tight end position. So um, I think he, if he were just to be played as a traditional tight end on every snap, I think he could be really good for fantasy football. Um, he is limited a little bit by this offense. And then Taysom Hill, um, if you want to play Taysom Hill and play with that fire, that's your choice. I just I can't get behind playing Hill. I know he has a ceiling, probably unlike most other tight ends, but it's just it's been bust after bust after bust after bust with him for a while now. And I'm not trying to stick you know stick to just trends, but it's hard to trust him this week. Yeah, the biggest strength of the Rams these days is their D line. That's kind of what pulls me off of Taysom Hill from any consideration, even as a, a streamer this week. Obviously, he's going to make his hay on the ground, so going to be tough sledding for him. I think Juwan has a better chance to score, so I would agree I'm going to go Juwan Johnson out of those two, uh, and hopefully he scores a couple and upsets Cody this week, uh, just because it would be sweet to burn him with uh, you know, a waiver wire tight end. But You're going to need a lot uh, more getting than Juwan into... Johnson touchdown, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's why that's why I said two, Cody. We're, we're looking for two. Um, Chicago at Atlanta. Pop, maybe the game of the week here. I'm hoping at least I have a lot of options in this game that I need to uh, hit big for me to overtake Cody this week. Atlanta favored by three points at home. That line is very confusing to me, as we'll get to later on the best bets. Over-under is 49 points in this game. Uh, on the Chicago side, obviously Justin Fields is in your lineup. Hoping he keeps up the uh, the hot streak here on the ground. Uh, this Atlanta defense uh, is not very good. Gives me confidence that Fields can do just that. So uh, they've actually been much worse through the air. So we'll see if he can maybe take advantage of that this week. Open some things up for him downfield with his running ability. David Montgomery is solidly in your lineup this week. He's a high-end RB2 with uh, the Herbert going down. He should get a ton of opportunity against, again, a weak defense that uh, they should be able to score on quite a bit. So I'd bet on him scoring a touchdown this week and catching a few passes as well. Should be super involved. Hopefully uh, he can up his efficiency just slightly against a bad defense. Cody, um, Darnell Mooney is in your lineup this week against me. I don't love that because uh, of my Justin Fields starting situation, but... Uh, I think I like him a lot. He's third. Uh, Falcons are 32 out of 32 against fantasy wide receivers. Is that bad? That sounds pretty bad. Uh, so I think Darnell Mooney can pretty much be confidently started this week. Cody, you have a few uh, guys that I, uh, I'm i going to have you rank here for you. So that's Darnell Mooney, Adam Thielen, and Jacoby Myers. Adam Thielen against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, um, I actually just made a substitution because I wasn't aware that Judy and K.J. Hamler had already been marked out. So I did put Sutton in for the time mm. being, but we will see if he maintains that uh, starting position by Sunday morning. Little little tilty on that one, but between these three guys, I think Mooney probably is my favorite guy to play out of them. Uh, this offense is just moving the ball, unlike they have at all, you know, really at any point this season. Um, he's been, you know, good, not great, you know, and if he can get himself in the end zone, he's going to be able to get up into you know wide receiver two type category or consideration. So. I don't mind Mooney, and then I think I'd play Myers over Thielen. Um, when we get to the Minnesota Vikings, I do think Thielen's going to have a good week, but I think I like Myers a little bit more still. Yeah, I'll take Myers out of this group personally. I just think he's the most necessary piece to his offense uh, out of these three. Mooney uh, could just be yeah, overshadowed actually, by the full rushing. Yeah, actually, in full-point PPR, Myers is the play 100%. Yeah, and then Thielen, obviously uh, – 
the second second fiddle and maybe even third fiddle now with Hawkinson in town. Yeah. So I think I would go Jacoby Myers out of this group. And another guy on your team uh, that is unfortunately catching passes from my quarterback is Cole Komet. He's very streamable this week. I'd probably even call him a low-end starter. He's been hot of, of late, three touchdowns in his last two games. Uh, the yardage total is probably not going to be very high just because of the low passing volume in this offense, but he's got a great shot at a touchdown. Cody, would you rather start uh, Cole Komet or, let's see, I'm trying to think of a low-end tight end option for us. A Greg Dulcich against the Las Vegas Raiders. Who would you rather Oh, go I oh, – God, that's the same matchup. It's still, it's still Russ and Justin Fields. Damn. Um, that's – that, that very much just mirrors my issue that I'm having with Mooney and Sutton. So I think – I think I'd go Dulcich just because of the injuries there and the passing volume is probably going to be needed to a certain degree because I don't see them being able to blow out any team. So I'd probably go Dulcich, but I think they're probably back-to-back in my rankings. I see them very similarly. Yeah, I think I would go Dulcich as well. Like you said, Hamler and uh, Judy being out gives uh, Dulcich quite a bit of opportunity in that game against a pretty bad defense, so you'd hope he can come through there. Uh, On the Atlanta side, uh, Marcus Mariota. Probably not quite in the streaming tier in one quarterback leagues, but he's a very solid play in two QB leagues. Uh, the running backs are where we, they should be able to take advantage. I'm really hoping Cordero Patterson you know, takes a step forward in his snap share, uh, has 10 days of rest off that Thursday night game, and he is further removed from that ankle injury at this point. So is there a I'm certain reason why you, uh, you're hoping that happens? Nope, completely unbiased. <laughs> just, just really a big fan of Cordell Patterson as a human being. You love to see guys that are veterans like this just, just get the opportunity and oh, seize yeah, it. For so sure. I'm calling two touchdowns this week for Cordell Patterson. Maybe, maybe a hundred yards as well. No reason whatsoever. Again, just uh, completely unbiased here. Uh, uh, the matchup super juicy. So I, I, <laughs> I think you can maybe consider Tyler Algier, uh, but he's super risky. Like I said, I think this will be Patterson's backfield eventually, whether it happens this week or uh, you know down the line. Uh, I, I could. It's not. It's going to be tough because I think you're not going to know when that game's going to come, and all of a sudden Algier is going to be, you know, five or six carries and really just not much for you on the fantasy radar. Cody, do you uh, are you a little more confident in Algier, mm, or prob- would you be wanting? To I'm probably less well? confident in Algier than you are. My thing with Patterson is he came back off the injury, was the main guy that first game back, had four days rest, really three days of rest, and then another game that Thursday night. And he did, he wasn't featured. Now he gets ten days to get his body back right off that injury. I think they're gonna I think Patterson, this is gonna be the game that he kinda takes back over takes over the backfield. So um Patterson would be the guy I play. I'm gonna go ahead and just jump into these rankings here. I would go McKinnon, then Algier, and then any Rams player after that. Because there's a better hope in Algier and Patterson splitting than any Rams player being viable without a long running touchdown. Yeah, 100%. Was you, are you saying any Rams running yeah, sorry, back? Running or back. Would you no, go... no, receivers are different okay. for sure. Yeah, would you put both uh, Robinson and Skoranek above all of these guys, Algier, McKinnon, um, and uh, you know the running backs? And, and I, I'd be interested to see what happens with Clyde when it comes to McKinnon. If like Clyde is not playing on Sunday, or if we get any news on you know what's going to happen there, then I'd be comfortable playing McKinnon over the Rams receivers, but. And full point PPR, but again, those that's very low level plays. I think if if all three running backs are active for the Chiefs, I think you have to go the Rams receiver route just because you don't know what the Chiefs could do any given week in the running back situation. 
Yeah, I like McKinnon actually a decent amount this week, as I mentioned earlier, uh, wanting to play him over Kareem right. Hunt. I just think, uh, again, you're missing a couple options there. And if Clyde's complete and a non-involvement continues, he should see a solid target share in sure. the backfield. Drake London is a desperation wide receiver three slash four play. Uh, Cody, I'm going to keep at you with this line until you give me DJ Moore as an answer at some point. Would you rather start Drake London oh, or Drake DJ London Moore? Drake London all day. This matchup's... This matchup's a layup to pick Drake London. I don't even like him that much, but that's an um, easy pick. <laughs> I'm going to get you at some. There is going to be a wide receiver play. You're going to choose DJ Moore over at some point. I, I just need to find the right one. But, um, yeah, I think I think you're hoping for a touchdown to Drake London here. It's a pretty damn good matchup, so you might get one. But uh, you could also get a two for 15 out of him. It's just really tough when this passing volume is so low. Yeah, I'd play him over Demir and, Bird if that gives you a good line. <laughs> Uh, good. Okay. I, there is a line where you'll say DJ Moore. That's good to know. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find someone a little more fantasy relevant to get on uh, on the show. But uh, good to know there is a line eventually. Kyle Pitts, sort of the same boat as Drake London. Honestly, he's just more relevant because he's a tight end. Uh, I have a few names I want you to rank for me. It's one of our favorite games that we play here. It's Kyle Pitts or uh, it's Kyle Pitts or Tyler. Yeah, Got to go, Tyler Higby for sure. Okay, let's move down to some lower-level options here. Uh, Kyle Pitts or Cole Komet in the same game? I think I have to go Kyle Pitts just because his upside is much higher if they both have, like, an average-level game. Um, but they, they're they're very similar to me at this point. I just – it's – if you have Pitts and you're just holding on to him, I feel bad for you because it is hard to drop him and move on, but that's probably the right move at this point. So um, I say if you have Pitts, just keep him at this point for this week, but – I think him and Komet are very similar to me. And then uh, Kyle Pitts or Hayden Hurst against the Yeah, I, I actually like Hayden Hurst quite a bit this week. I think that uh, matchup kind of suits him well. Um, the pass rush for the Steelers is going to be all over Joe Burrow, uh, specifically TJ Watt, and when that happens, he typically dumps down a lot of passes to the tight end. So I actually like Hayden Hurst quite a bit this week. Yeah, good call on that. I actually hadn't really considered that angle, but uh, I think that's probably – you know, definitely what's going to play out there. Her should see a solid target volume against the Steelers and still without Jamar Chase exactly. for one more week. Yep. So get Aiden Hurst in your lineup while you can. Uh, Detroit at the Giants is our next game. The Giants favored by three points at home, over-unders 45. Uh, I, <laughs> I think it's just really funny to see the Atlanta Falcons favored by three points at home over the Chicago Bears and then the New York Giants at 7-2. and two favored by the same amount over the Detroit Lions at home. Uh, just really speaks to where Vegas is on these Giants. Uh, no, no faith at all. They're, they're basically begging you to bet on the Giants with this line. And um, I am. On the Detroit <laughs> – yeah, and Cody's taking the bait. Uh, one week after, you know, playing the Vegas odds, he is uh, kind of curbing Vegas here with this Giants play. But uh, on the Detroit side, Jared Goff is probably in the streaming category this week. I'd say he's on the lower end. This Giants defense is pretty good. If not, it's it's not great. It's not uh, it's not bad. It's probably in the you know the above average tier of defenses. So that's that's not necessarily one we like to target with Jared Goff. He's uh, you know always always uh, willing to throw up a two hundred and zero line for you. So I think you're looking at other options, but in two QB leagues, he's probably in there. The running backs, uh, it's a really tough conversation to have right now with the Andre Swift status. He is off the injury report again, I believe. Uh, he was questionable early in the week, but again has come off the injury report, but we just don't know where he really stands, has not gotten uh, worked back into the mix. He's been basically 
sharing uh, the snap share with Justin Jackson at this point. Uh, so really low-level play. Uh, would you rather go DeAndre Swift or Kareem Hunt this week? <laughs> I thought you were going to say DJ Moore. Um, I'd still go <laughs> I'd still go <laughs> Swift over Kareem Hunt. Um, but to me, that is only just, just a boom-bust play right there, and it's just hoping that uh, Swift gets more of a workload. Um, but, you know, Kareem Hunt to me is kind of – he's – that's actually a really good line. I think Kareem Hunt to me is just on my bench in most situations, and Swift can be put in there if you are needing someone that's a boom bust option. So um, I, I'd go Swift just slightly over Kareem. And Jamal Williams, his backfield mate, is probably in the solid RB2 category. Uh, he's going to get a decent amount of touches. This Giants defense has been pretty good against fantasy running backs, but not very good on a per-touch basis. Uh, they're bottom five in the league in yards per carry allowed and uh, bottom five in the league in yards per catch allowed to the running back position. So I think there's opportunity here for Jamal Williams. Uh, you just got to hope that uh, Detroit can hang in this game long enough for him to get you know 15 to 20 touches and pile up the uh, the stats. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, only one of the pass catchers we're considering, and he is definitely in your lineup uh, and newly into my lineup as well. So, Amon Ra, let's uh, let's get after it this week against this Giants defense. And then on the Giants side, uh, this again, this is going to be pretty easy. I think Daniel Jones is a high-end streamer. I'd rather play him than Golf. I'd rather play him than Mariota. Uh, he's probably you know at 12 or 13 on a QB ranking board. Would you rather start Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins against the Cowboys? Ooh, that is that's a good line. I think I'm gonna go Daniel Jones, but that's just a gut call for me. I just like this matchup. I expect him to get some rushing yards, and you know anybody can throw on Detroit, and anybody includes Danny Dimes. So I think I I think I'm gonna rely on him. But that's a good line. I'd say that they're probably very similar in my mind. Any particular reason you're a little more confident in Daniel Jones this week, other than the Detroit matchup? No other factors playing in at all, or is this just a uh, you know a random confidence week in Daniel? Uh, you know Jones he week? is my streaming quarterback this week. Whenever I dust Nick and I'm uh, <laughs> putting some money on him in our best bets, so this is going to be a good Danny Dimes week for anyone listening. <laughs> go ahead and go ahead and stream. Yeah. It's going to be a huge week. <laughs> Yep. Quote that one, uh, Cody telling you to put trust in Daniel Jones. Put your money down uh, on Daniel Jones. That is Cody's advice for this week. Uh, Saquon Barkley, obviously in your lineup. He's a must start. Darius Slayton is probably the only guy we can have a conversation about here on the wide receiver side, not pivoting down to Wandale even with the bad matchup. He just has not been evolved enough. I think he's a lower-end flex option. I don't have quite as much confidence in him as other uh, sites I've seen rankings-wise. I just uh, I think he's been the beneficiary of a few long touchdowns. His target volume just really hasn't been there. And I could see Saquon Barkley just totally taking over this game and Slayton not being necessarily... Uh, you know, very necessary here. I know where you're going to go here, but I have to ask Darius Slayton or DJ Moore. Um, that's not terrible, but I just, the matchup's too good. I'd have to go Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton or Drake London from the previous um, game. I mean, that's still, that's two good matchups. I think, I do think Detroit's going to have trouble putting pressure on the giants though. I think the giants defense is, you know, you know, above average, like you said. So I may, I may go Drake London. I mean, the, the only factor that get, has me going Drake London is uh, Chicago should be able, or I think Chicago could probably beat Atlanta this week. So they should at least be putting pressure on them, and they should at least have to throw the football. So I would go Drake London, but, again, very, very similar tier for me right there. 
yeah, basically you're looking for the big play or the touchdown out of these guys, and if you don't get it, you're probably going to sure. be uh, not happy with them in your lineup. So, yeah, like you said, very similar plays there uh, in pretty similar situations, honestly. Um, Las Vegas at Denver is our next one. Cody, I'm going to go ahead and let you take over for the 3 o'clock games, uh, and just because I don't want to talk about the yep, Denver Broncos. that is fair. I don't blame you. Um, all right, let's go ahead and jump <laughs> into this. Las Vegas at Denver. Denver favored – or, yeah, Denver favored by 2.5. Wow. Over under 41 and a half. Uh, let's start on the Las Vegas side, Derek Carr. I think he's a two, uh, two QB league kind of option, super flex option. Um, you know, I would say hopefully you have two other options with better matchups if you are in a two QB or super flex league. Uh, as we get into some of these extra options with Vegas, I think I'm going to be trying to fade them against that Denver defense. But Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, throw them on in. They are maybe not necessarily matchup proof, but you're going to have a hard time being able to uh, – you know, substitute them for anybody else. So go ahead and put them in your lineup. Two of the other kind of ancillary names here that I think deserve a little bit more attention, Matt Collins and Foster Moreau. Um, I'm going to try and fade both of them this week. Again, that Denver defense is absolutely elite. Um, one more time, I've heard this stab probably 100 times through different media outlets this week. If the Broncos would have just scored 18 points in every game, they'd be 8-1. and one. That's how good their defense is. So these ancillary options, I think, are going to have a hard time scoring. Um, do you have any kind of differing opinion about Las Vegas? No, it's pretty much just Jacobs and Adams, and that's it. Like you said, Denver's defense is very good, so we're not trying to get cute with Matt Collins or even Foster Moreau. Uh, he is a low end, uh, you know, touchdown or bust tight, touchdown or bust tight end option. I'd probably play all the other guys we've talked about over him, like the, uh, you know, the uh, the Dawson Knoxes, the Jawan Johnsons, Taysom Hills. I'd probably put all of them in there before. Yeah, I agree with you there. Let's go ahead and jump over to the Denver side. Uh, obviously, a really good matchup playing Las Vegas this week, but still uh, still risky here. Russell Wilson, I do think he is streamable this week, but it is at your own risk. Um, I'm I'm done waiting for the Russ turnaround this year. If you want to believe in it, go right ahead. But again, the matchups the the matchups good. He should be able to have a good game. But having confidence in that's very hard right now. Um, the Russ Danny Dimes. Um, I oh gosh, I hate that question. I think I'd have to go Russell Wilson. It's just <laughs> just the I don't know. I I think I would have to go Russell Wilson, but I think I. would it would be a very, very tough call for me because I think I am higher on Daniel sure. Danny Dimes in general this week. But, again, just Russ, man. Come on. We all want to see it happen, but I don't know. Uh, the running back rooms here, uh, we'll start with Melvin Gordon. Uh, him and Latavius Murray kind of split opportunities last week, and then Edmonds got worked in throughout. Um, I don't really think you can play any of them. If you want to call your shot in the good matchup, go ahead. But I'm going to be trying to avoid all of these guys this week. Uh, any guy in the Denver running back room you want to try and take a shot on? I think it would be Melvin Gordon. He got uh, most of the red zone snaps last week against nope. Tennessee. That's really the only sample size we have to go off of with this group. Uh, would you rather start Melvin Gordon or Kareem Hunt, Cody? I would go Melvin Gordon. I think he would be the one guy out of this backfield that I would trust. Again, like you said, he got the red zone work. So uh, I don't. Melvin Gordon or Tyler Algier? Uh, I think I'd still go Melvin Gordon over Tyler Algier as well. Okay, so yeah, lower level option, but there are some people that are in desperation yep. mode. So I think he has the best chance at a touchdown. That's why I'd go with him. Again, this is a pretty soft matchup, so he 
could be could take advantage of it, but yeah, who knows? I think Latavius Murray and Chase Edmonds should like they're below those other two names that we had. There. Oh yeah, okay, cool. can't start him. Uh, wide receiver Cortland Sutton here. I you know wide receiver two level confidence. You know not sure that's warranted necessarily with the way his season's gone, but no Judy, no KJ Hamler. Absolutely juicy matchup in Las Vegas. I mean, this again, same as Russell Wilson, this should be a game where we actually see some fantasy relevance out of these guys. We will just see if they're able to put it together. And then I'm just going to lump in Greg Dulcich. Uh, worth giving him another shot this week. I know last week wasn't very good, but uh, he did have that 50-yard you know, touchdown that Russell Wilson just kind of put a bad ball on him. So I think you give him another shot this week. Judy is out. KJ Hamler out as well. Um, I guess where would you have Dulcich ranked amongst your uh, – your tight ends there. I guess obviously above the tight on tight ugh, above the touchdown or bust guys. Um, would you have him above? Would you have him above Hayden Hurst in Cincinnati? Okay. Yes, I would. I actually have a decent amount of confidence in Dulcich this week. I'd play him above Tyler Higby. Oh, okay. Play him above Pitts. Play him above Komet. Uh, he's just going to be super necessary against a bad defense at home. And again, this is just more of a bet on the player. He had three straight weeks of being a top 12 tight end in his first three NFL games. Had the stinker last week, but uh, that's just kind of how tight ends roll. So I think uh, I'm giving him another another shot. Uh, both these guys, really, Sutton and Dulcich should be lineup locks. And if they don't come through this week, you can pretty much just, you know, that that is just the, the barometer here. They have all the opportunity in the world against the worst defense in the NFL at home. If you can't come through, then you're probably not going to be comfortable starting them the rest of the year in any capacity. Yeah, I'm pretty high on Dulcich as well. Um, I think he's right up there with Tyler Higby. Very similar situations with their you know wide receivers going down. So I think that that's a pretty good vote of confidence. Let's go ahead and move on to Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Cincinnati favored by three and a half on the road, over under only 41. On the Cincinnati side here, this is pretty easy. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, start all of them. Hayden Hurst, uh, as I have said, I do think he is a startable tight end this week. And, um, you know, if Jamar comes back next week, then I'm probably going to reevaluate that. But for this week, Hayden Hurst can be in your lineup for sure. No worries about Joe Burrow at all at Pittsburgh. Struggled earlier this year against them at home. Uh, are you pretty much just locking him in, or would you maybe pivot to a, a streamer like a, you know, say you're in a shallow league and Kirk Cousins is on your wire? It's just a little tough. These guys have bad matchups. Would you maybe pivot to a Daniel Jones? I don't think uh, I could go as low as Daniel Jones. Um, Kirk Cousins, I know I think I had Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones kind of right next to each other. Um, I would be if I had Joe Burrow and I could pivot to a Kirk Cousins. I would consider that. I think that he's the more safer play out of the quarterbacks there. If I had Joe Burrow, I don't think there's any way I could pivot to Daniel Jones this week. I know that's kind of backwards compared to sure. what I said earlier when I said I'd take DJ over uh, Cousins, but it's just whenever you throw Burrow in the mix there, I don't think I could take Jones out or take Burrow out to put Jones in, even with the matchup difference. Yeah, streaming quarterback's really rough this week. So, uh, yeah, I think you're pretty much just starting Burrow. But I just kind of want to get a temperature check on this Pittsburgh defense, see how worried well, you are about they, it. Uh, I'm, putting, I'm putting some money on this Pittsburgh defense this week, another one that will be featured in our next podcast. So make sure to check it out. Let's go ahead and move over to the Pittsburgh side here. Uh, quarterback Kenny Pickett um, hasn't shown any reason to be played yet, so I don't think he's on anyone's fantasy radar. Uh, running back room here. I think Najee's a, an RB2 option at this point. Um, don't have a lot of confidence in him. It's not a very good matchup this week against Cincinnati. Um, and if you think Cincinnati's going to, you know, blow out this game, Najee Harris's, you know, workload could be, you know, hurt by that. But I do expect it to be close. I think Najee's going to be, you know, again, RB2 level. 
Do you feel any different about him? Uh, do you have any opinion on Jalen Warren this week, anything like that? I'm a little worried about Najee just because earlier this week uh, they came out and said he has dealing with a knee issue that's probably going to linger for the rest of the year. So uh, could be a little bit hampered by that. I don't think that's a new thing necessarily. I think he's just been dealing with it and it finally made its way onto the injury report when he had to miss some practice time for it. But uh, it does give me slightly more confidence in Jalen Warren. I'd probably play him in any PPR situation over the lower level guys we've talked about, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon's, uh, okay. Tyler Algiers. But um, you know, not not a ton of tangible difference there uh, with the running backs. You're probably starting Harris and then Warren, only kind of a deep league PPR consideration. Yeah, would you go Jalen Warren over the Rams receiver options? I oh, would, okay. yeah. I, I kind of like this game script for him. I think, um, you know, like you said, uh, you, you like Pittsburgh maybe a little bit more than I do this week, but uh, either way, Cincinnati should be able to put some points up. I think they're going to have to throw the ball uh, to someone, and when they do, Warren is on the field. So I'd expect him to at least catch a few balls and have a decent yeah, floor. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk about these Pittsburgh wide receivers real quick. I think this is pretty easy. Um, I see these guys as very similar level, kind of wide receiver three flex options, maybe get bumped up a little bit because of the buys this week. Um, Deontay is definitely more valuable in PPR. I think Pickens is the more expo- explosive player. I'd be more excited to play him in nod and half. Um, he has not seen the you know same amount of targets as Deontay, but um, they both have kind of you know equaled out over the past couple of weeks. So I think I like Pickens slightly more than Deontay, but I feel like that's just how I've been for the past couple of weeks. Nothing's really changed my mind there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know my fantasy philosophy, so uh, give me Pickens over Deontay. Definitely has more big play potential, and again, I believe the Steelers will have to throw uh, quite a bit in this one to keep up, so I'm pretty comfortable playing Pickens in a wide receiver three uh, slash flex situation, and then Deontay uh, just behind him, probably similar. Again, a really tough wide receiver landscape this week, so you probably have to go with Deontay. Yep, and in this matchup where, uh, again, Pittsburgh should have to throw the football, Pat Fryermuth is definitely a good tight end play. He should be... uh, locked in your lineup if he is your uh, streaming tight end as of recently. Yeah, I like Muth quite a bit, actually, now that Claypool's out of the fold. Uh, he's kind of soaked up a little bit of that role, gets to play in the slot yep. a little bit, uh, which we really like to see from tight ends. And his target volume was solid last week, even though uh, Pittsburgh did not throw the ball much. So I think he's going to be a, a solid tight end play the rest of the year. I'd probably rank him above Greg Dulcich, right. even though I just displayed a decent amount of confidence in him. And he'd be below uh, you know, the higher-end guys like uh, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, Schultz, those yep. types. But he's uh, solidly in the middle of the tight end All right, team. I think Greg Dulcich... Dulcich is a good line that we have for kind of that upper tier of, of yeah. tight end. So that's mm-hmm. perfect. Let's go ahead and move on to Dallas at Minnesota. Dallas favored by one and a half points, 48 and a half point over under. Let's start here on the Dallas side. Uh, Dak Prescott, I think he's a great option this week. Uh, should be a relatively high scoring game. I think Dak could, you know, throw a run, throw a run for two to three total touchdowns pretty easily. Uh, yardage numbers should be pretty good in this game. I like Dak a lot. How do you feel about Dak this week? Yeah, great option. Like you said, the Minnesota secondary has been pretty routinely torched this season. They're in the uh, the bottom half of the league in any uh, you know wide receiver tight end stats as far as points given up. A lot of that is because their offense is good, so uh, you know teams have to throw against them. But still, their secondary is not great. Dak should have uh, you know a good time in a dome at Minnesota this week in a game with a high overrun. Yeah, absolutely. And then the running backs, you know, with the with the teams on by, I think both of these guys can be projected as kind of RB two level players. Um, I'd expect it if Zeke plays, which Jerry Jones, or maybe not Jerry Jones, maybe it was the coaching staff came out and said they do expect him to play. So he should be out there this week. 
Um, I'd expect Zeke to probably, if he's you know getting back out on the field, especially after missing some time, I'd expect him to kind of be able to get back into that role he was in. Uh, Pollard will be featured a lot between the 20s. Zeke will get a lot of the important work. So I think that you know Zeke may end up with a touchdown or two. Pollard may end up with the yardage totals, and they both kind of equal out to be RB2s, maybe just different levels of RB2. Yeah, I think the Cowboys have managed this pretty well. They haven't really let Zeke dictate uh, the terms of his uh, you know, return. It seemed like he wanted to come back uh, even before the bye and then after the bye for sure. He, he would have played if it was up to him, but the Cowboys held him out smartly. And I think uh, now that he's back, you can probably start him with the same level of confidence you had been, back-end RB2, and Pollard's played so well, it's hard to get away from him as well. I'd put him in the same tier, just yeah, like you said. absolutely. And then the wide receiver room here, CeeDee Lamb is a must-start, probably one of the top wide receivers for you know rest of the season at this point right now. And then Michael Gallup, uh, I think he can be flexed this week. Again, a lot of, a lot of uh, players on by definitely affect that. But this is a good matchup. Um, you know, if it, if it was a tougher one, I'd be a little bit more hesitant. But I think this week, if, if you're in a position where you have to flex him, it's not the worst play in the world. I actually like Michael Gallup quite a bit this week. I think he's due for uh, a big play or two. He's had a decent amount of targets. Just had the, the production just has not quite followed yet. But like you said, this matchup sets up really well for him. The Minnesota secondary is bad, and Dallas should have to uh, put up some points in this one because their defense has uh, faltered a little bit in recent weeks. Uh, let me give you a couple names here and just see how you're feeling about Michael Gallup. Uh, would you rather start him or DJ Moore? I would go Michael Gallup for sure. Michael Gallup or Brandon Cook slash Nico Collins. Hmm, that's that's interesting. I think because of the matchup and just I like Dak obviously a lot more than Davis Mills. I think I'd go Gallup over those guys, but we're getting pretty close to the line. And one more for you here. Would you rather go Michael Gallup or Michael Carter in a flex? Ooh, that one's tough. Um, I might go Gallup. I could just see another Patriots blow out of the Jets. You know what you know Patri- You know what Belichick does to young quarterbacks and just. I don't know if I can trust Zach Wilson to be able to turn the tide against that stat. So I think I'd go Gallup just because I don't like the game script very much for the Jets. I think it's going to be more of a of a passing game, which could benefit Carter. But I don't know. Zach Wilson doesn't dump it down as much as we would like him to. Yeah, 100%. I'm actually pretty confident in Gallup this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw a touchdown guarantee on him. Ooh, I, I think is. he scores, and I think you can play him as a wide receiver three pretty confident. All right, sounds good. Tight end Dalton Schultz must start. I think he's in the top five of tight ends for this week and probably rest of the season right now with uh, the current landscape. So he's a good, good player to have. I think he might be tight end three right now behind Kelsey and Andrews. I don't. There's a with Goddard going down. There's a there's a vacancy in that spot uh, for rest of season. I, I think it's probably Schultz right now, considering his uh, yeah, safe. Yeah, I, uh, I luckily I drafted him in a couple leagues. Luckily, I actually held on to him. Kind of had some faith once Dak came back, and it's kind of paying out for me. So hopefully that continues. It finally has paid yeah. off for you, Cody. Your Dalton Schultz love uh, is coming back around. So kudos yeah, about to you for time. that. Uh, Kirk Cousins here. I know we kind of mentioned him a couple times <laughs> when established a line uh, but just want to kind of uh, fully full circle this real quick would you play Mariota or Kirk Cousins, Cousins Russell Wilson sure. or Kirk Cousins give me All Cousins right, and then, uh, Daniel Jones or Kirk Cousins 
Yeah, give me Cousins. I, I think uh, this Dallas matchup's just not quite as tough as we might have thought sure. a couple weeks ago. Uh, again, uh, high over under here in this game. So you'd figure even if uh, this Minnesota offense struggles a little bit off the jump, they're going to have to throw to get back into the game. And if they're winning, they're probably it's probably going to be because of Kirk Cousins. So uh, I like him in this atmosphere, uh, you know, at a 45, at 48 and a half point. Yeah, they might as well just call the three o'clock window on uh, Fox on s- Sunday afternoon, just the Dallas Cowboy Invitational. Cause they, they are on there just about every given week. <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. But um, let's go ahead. I think that um, we have a good line there with Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook uh, must start, obviously one of the top running backs. Justin Jefferson also a must start as well. Um, did he end up getting taken off the injury report? I know he had a toe issue earlier this week. Not that that would be any reason to hold him out if he does play, but just something to keep an eye on. Um, I believe he practiced in full on Friday, okay, cool. so I don't know if he was fully removed, but basically no awesome. concern. I'd love to hear that. Um, I'm sure you do as well this week. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I was gonna say, let's go All Trevon right, I'm going with my, with my touchdown guarantee this week. I actually like Adam Thielen to get in the end zone. Uh, not sure why, just a feel here. I think he's due. He usually gets one every couple weeks. It's been four weeks since his last touchdown. So just kind of roll with Adam Thielen. Um, I think he's, you know, with the buys, maybe moves into an upper tier wide receiver three option. Um, but again, I just, I have a gut call on the touchdown for him. So if you're starting Adam Thielen, I just a little vote of confidence for you. Yeah, uh, I don't mind it, again, especially with uh, the tough matchup for Jefferson. Uh, obviously, you're starting him with a ton of confidence, but maybe just a couple extra targets going Thielen's way because of uh, Trevon Diggs' presence. So uh, not a bad call. Like you said, Adam Thielen kind of do. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson, I think he has moved up his uh, perennial tight end, you know, maybe four, five, six ranking a little bit with the Goddard injury and his uh, play over the past couple weeks. The the thing that you know makes me excited about Hawkinson is he just he got targeted quite a bit from Cousins these first two weeks that he's been there uh, a lot more than he ever was in Detroit. So if you're someone who had held Hawkinson for the whole year, I think that his floor has come up uh, quite a bit, and he kind of moves into that you know upper tier, probably top five, maybe number six, depending on how you like some other guys. Yeah, I got to give Hawkinson some credit. He has kind of uh, you know emerged in this Tennessee offense. Excuse me. Uh, Vikings offense. Uh, I didn't really think that was going to be the case. Thought he was going to kind of be an auxiliary piece, but I think he is the other guy I would consider as the potential tight end three moving forward. Uh, him and Dalton Schultz. Just not a ton of confidence in George Kittle with all those mouths to feed. And then uh, honestly, those are really the only other two that I would consider at that spot beyond Kittle for tight end three. So uh, Hawkinson v. Schultz. We'll see who comes yeah, out on top. For sure. All right, Sunday night football, Kansas City at Los Angeles Charger. Kansas City favored by five and a half, over under 52. Let's start here on the Kansas City side. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes, he's in your lineup. Running back Isaiah Pacheco. This is a little bit of an interesting conversation. As the Chiefs fan, I'm, I'm probably lower on him than maybe some other fantasy uh, people are, but... What it, what it comes down to for me is I just don't think that you can really trust a Chiefs running back that is not directly involved in the passing game. This is not going to be a game where the Chiefs are going to be ahead by multiple touchdowns. Um, it will not be in my best bets, but I would bet the Chargers plus the points here. I think this is going to be a pretty close game. The Chargers and Chiefs constantly have close games and usually come down to the last couple of minutes. So um, I just think that kind of game script is not good for Pacheco. Do you have any vote of confidence for people trying to play Pacheco this week? 
Uh, well, the Chargers defense should give you That's a little. Uh, they are one of the worst in the NFL against the run. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, last week against Jacksonville at home, they were up multiple scores very early on, and Pacheco got a decent amount of work. I believe it ended up being 16 carries. But uh, like we mentioned on our Week 10 review, uh, Mahomes still dropped back you know, two out of three times, uh, even in a game where they're up a ton. So in a game like this where you, know, you are probably going back and forth with the Chargers a little bit, uh, I, I expect that pass volume to be even higher. So tough to trust Pacheco. Would you rather start him or Jarek McKinnon? In a I, I think I would go McKinnon. And that's both of them are probably at the same confidence level for me. But if it's full point PPR, I think you have to go McKinnon. Um, unless you think Clyde's going to get work back in. I think that kind of speaks for itself right there, honestly. So we yeah, can probably yeah it's just it's going to be a matchup play here. I think this game's going to be really close. They always come down to the wire, these Chiefs-Chargers games. So... Uh, the wide receiver room, for the first time this season, we can actually talk about somewhat confidently playing some Chiefs wide receivers. Love to hear that in Week 11. First one here, Kadarius Tony. I think he's a must-start at this point. He was featured last week after the Juju injury. I'd expect him to be featured again this week. Yeah, I uh, was not as high on Tony in our Week 10 review, but uh, considering that Nicole Hardman has gone on IR and Juju is out as well, uh, that obviously the... The, the, the argument that I've made for these Chiefs wide receivers all year is that there's just too many mouths yep. to feed. Well, a lot of those mouths have gotten injured. So uh, now that the condensation of targets has happened, I think you can trust Tony, especially uh, in a game with a 52-point over-under. They're going to have to throw and throw quite yep. a bit. And then one guy I want to highlight, MVS. I think he could, be, he could probably be flexed in some situations anyway with the other wide receiver options going down. But if you're someone relying on a Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, this could be a last-second flex um, or, or – uh, switch as well you could pick up mvs if you had to uh you know if one of those guys get labeled out that you were expecting to play later in the day so i think he deserves a little bit of consideration this week um i think he would be would you rather play mvs or the rams wide receivers i'll go mvs with all these guys out okay. i think uh, he's going to be on the field the entire game and uh you've probably seen at least five or six targets and if you're an mvs owner hopefully he hits one of the yep. deep balls i think i'm i think i'm there with you as well i think he's a good play uh this week as well uh travis kelsey he's in your lineup he is a must start on the charger side here justin herbert uh especially if he gets all of his weapons back he's a must start uh, i still think he's a solid play if not again these games typically um, are very close, typically rel relatively high scoring for both teams as well. So I think Justin Herbert's fine. Austin Eckler, you're playing them. The wide receiver room definitely is where we're going to have to have a little bit of a discussion here. Um, I guess just obvious, if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both play Sunday, are you playing both of them? I think you have to. I don't know how you couldn't unless uh, there's a report that comes out that says something uh, you know, along the lines of uh, you know 20 snap count or something something really low for one of these yep. guys uh but still I, I i'd be hard i'd be hard pressed to get away from them in such a high score gotcha and then so if both are active would you play josh palmer at all i think he's still in consideration like i said i, I don't think these guys are going to be on the field for 100 percent of snaps even yep. if they go so i think palmer will still get his opportunities in a game that with a lot of points uh, i'd probably play him over those lower level wide receiver guys we we're talking about earlier the houston guys uh Paris Campbell, I'd probably play Josh Palmer. What about MVS? Um, you know, 
Uh, give me Josh Palmer. Okay. I, I just, I, I think MBS has a higher chance to dud Fair for enough. you. So I guess that's just more about what you need. If you need a big game, go with MBS. If you need some safe points, yeah, it go sounds like where the point you're kind of making for me, at least, is DeAndre Carter is the one that's most affected by uh, in and out options here. Obviously, if either of those two guys go, I think DeAndre Carter kind of becomes very, very boom bust. Probably not even worth having rostered at that point. So. Um, if you're if you're yeah. relying on DeAndre Carter, definitely probably uh, maybe go look and see if MVS is available. It'd be a much better pivot option for you. Um, yeah, I think he's more of a Keenan Allen handcuff for at sure. this point. Absolutely. And then the tight end here, Gerald Everett. Um, if the if both the wide receivers come back, I think I'm going to try to avoid relying on him this week. Uh, he did not have a good week last week, and really has not shown me a lot with both wide receivers being out. I expected him to kind of really be the not the focal point in the passing offense, but at least be uh, involved a little bit more. So if they are both out or if one of them's still out, I don't mind Everett as a streaming tight end, but I've kind of fallen off of the Everett train a little bit. Yeah, with both the guys coming back, uh, he probably does take a little bit of a step back in this offense. But with this high-scoring environment, I think you can you know stream him. And he's an okay option. I'd probably put him below uh, the Higbees and the Dulcich's, but probably above the touchdown or bust tier of, you know, Dawson Knox, Taysom Hill, Jawan Johnson. Yeah, Cole so, Komet or Gerald uh, I think he's right. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, the that's line. right. That's yep. the line right there. I think I'm going to go Komet, but it would be really close. And I, I think Everett would just be right behind Komet if yep. I had rankings. Cool. Uh, I'm going to ask you one more then. Uh, Kyle Pitts or Gerald Everett? Give me Gerald okay. Everett. Um, I, I just don't have any confidence in the Atlanta yep, passing do offense. Do not blame you at all. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Monday Night Football coming to you live from Mexico this week. We got San Francisco at Arizona. Again, that'll be in Mexico. San Francisco, I also, actually, before I get into it, I also saw that it was supposed to be like a 80-20 uh, to 20 split San Francisco fans. Much bigger inter- international presence, I guess. So, uh Huge, sure, I would, yeah, huge surprising. home field advantage in a uh, relatively massive stadium as well. So, San Francisco uh, favored by eight, over under forty three and a half. Uh, first, Jimmy G. I do want to. This is kind of an interesting situation. Kyler has been marked as a game time decision with his hamstring. Um, so, this is if you were if you're the Kyler owner, would you rather pick up Colt McCoy as a potential backup plan and uh, play him against the 49ers defense? Or if you could, would you pick up Jimmy G and play Jimmy G against the Cardinals defense? Oh, definitely pick up Jimmy G if you can. Uh, he'd be actually a solid pivot, honestly, if you uh, if you can do that. I, I'm okay hanging on to Kyler if you have Jimmy G as an option in case he doesn't go. Uh, this Arizona defense has been kind of up and down this year, but this week probably missing one of their best players in Byron yep. Murphy. So it gives me more confidence throwing Jimmy G in there. As yep. I think that's kind of where he's highlighted this year. I don't think I would, uh, like I'd play Kirk Cousins over Jimmy G. Would you play Daniel Jones over Jimmy Garoppolo this week? That one's really close. Uh, I think I would go Daniel Jones just for the rushing upside and the, uh, you know, the easy matchup, but uh, that that's that's probably the line okay. right there is a Jimmy G would slot right behind okay. Daniel Jones. So yeah, he's he's streamable, but I think it's only in extreme you know certain circumstances. Maybe similar to like this Kyler situation where you know it may be the only pivot. Yeah, option solid pivot have. for a yeah. Kyler. Owner. All right, the running back room for San Francisco here: Christian McCaffrey uh, and Eli Mitchell. 
Uh, for CMC, I think he's the high-end uh, play pretty easily in my mind. I know Mitchell got more carries than yeah. he did last week, but McCaffrey's the guy. You don't trade all the all those assets away to feature your you know sixth-round pick from two years ago. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, I do think he is a flexible asset, though. I'm not trying to trash his name or anything. Uh, last week's game plan was very run-heavy. I would expect that to come down quite a bit, but I do I do see him getting a workload big enough to be flexible um, over the Kareem Hunt option. Over, um, Would you play Eli Mitchell over Michael Carter? Ooh, that one's tough. Full PPR, I'll take That's Carter. Uh, half and none, I will go Mitchell. Uh, yeah, this game script does line up pretty well for him. Eight-point favorites. Uh, we told you after the preview or the review last week that Mitchell was going to be very game script dependent, but this one lines up pretty positively for yeah, what he does. Yeah, I, I agree as well. So um, I do think that he can definitely be flexed this week. Uh, the wide receiver room, this is a little bit of a rough conversation here. Debo Samuel not performing uh, the way that people had probably expected him to when they drafted him pretty high in drafts this year. Um, I don't think there's any way you could bench him, but you're just hoping to see his involvement really kind of come up and his efficiency really come up. doesn't seem like he's getting those, you know, broken tackle, big runs or, you know, screens that he breaks three tackles and takes to the house at all this season. So um, hopefully it's just, you know, it turns around for him like he did last year, but we will wait and see. I do think Ayuk is still somewhat boomer bust, just depending on how the offense is run. But I do think he has been solid, and he deserves to be played as probably a wide receiver two level play this week. Yeah, I think you got to start both of them, especially the way Brandon Ayuk has been playing lately. Uh, and without Byron Murphy, this Arizona Cardinals secondary is pretty beatable. So uh, can't bench Debo with the, the rough wide receiver landscape this week. And Ayuk has, you know, just been playing too well. To yeah, sit and Kittle's well. in your lineup. Like we said, he's in consideration for that kind of tight end three spot uh, conversation. So. Uh, Arizona side here to wrap things up, quarterback Kyler Murray. Um, he is, a, I guess, a starter if he plays, if he, if he is your guy. Um, but, again, this will be a game-time decision. Uh, Cole McCoy, Jimmy Garoppolo, two options that could be last-minute pivots. But make sure you go pick them up sooner rather than later. You don't want to have your uh, the guy you're playing against pick up your last-second pivot option, and then you're stuck with no quarterback in your spot. So just be wary of that. Quick question yep. for you about this Kyler situation, let's say Jimmy G's already owned uh, and you can pivot to a Daniel Jones on Sunday. Would you rather just start Daniel Jones or wait it out with Kyler and then pivot? Yeah, to it's, a, it's a game time decision. I would definitely pivot to Daniel Jones. Um, my again, just like we've kind of talked about his, his running ability is definitely going to be capped. It's to some degree with the hamstring injury and with it being a game time decision, it's not like it's feeling good enough where he's like, yeah, I'm for sure going this week. So I, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would, it would be very tough for me to hold it out for Monday for Kyler. I, I would probably just go Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's fair. I might even pivot to Daniel Jones anyway. Just like you said, very tough matchup, and uh, with the lack of mobility, it's gonna it's gonna make it hard on Kyler. That's a big part yep. of his game. I think James Conner is a must start RB two option this week. Uh, again, the landscape just kind of makes that even uh, an easier option for you. He was directly involved last week, and really, no one should uh, compete for carries with him. The wide receiver room is a little bit interesting. Let's just kind of go name by name here. I think Hopkins is a must-start in all scenarios, whether Brown comes back or not. Mm -hmm. uh, Rondale Moore is where it becomes a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more curious. I think he is a must-start if Brown does not go. Uh, with Brown, he probably gets a slight downgrade, but I do think Rondale Moore is still, you know, startable and definitely playable in in almost all leagues for sure. Um, and then Brown, if he does play. 
I kind of see it a little little bit as a desperation play because we usually like to give you know players coming off of an injury at least one week to get back into the fold. We don't know exactly how much he's going to be involved and uh, um, you know if he's on any kind of snap count or anything. So I think Hopkins are more of the two that I'm going in playing this week with you know pretty much with confidence. And then if you're in a situation, I mean, I probably will end up having to play Brown in a league. So if you're in a situation where you can and you feel confident, I guess go ahead. Yeah, I would really try to avoid Brown at all costs, even if he plays. I, I could just see, you know, a, a situation where he gets out there for 20, 30% of the snaps and they're just kind of trying to work him back into the offense. I'd be very surprised if would you play you know, first week off this major ankle injury. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. You can make your point real quick. I'm going to pull this. No, up. you're fine. Uh, just, just tough for Marquise Brown in this situation coming off the major ankle injury and being 50, 50 coming into the week. I can't imagine that they would just toss him out there for, you know, his normal allotment of snaps. If, uh, if, even if he goes. Yeah. So Marquise, Brown, would you play Brandon cooks over Marquise Brown then? Right. Yes. absolutely. Right. Well, it sounds good Then I'm not going to be playing Marquise Brown this week then. So, all right. I think DJ Moore or Marquise Brown, oh, Cody. Damn. Oh, that's so rough. You got to go DJ Moore just because if Brown doesn't go and you don't have a pivot yes, option, you're, you're screwed. So there's the line. The injury line is what gets me there. Last game, we yeah. got him. All right. I'm. I can. I can sleep well For tonight sure. knowing I got you to say DJ Moore at least All once. All right. Trey, McBar- <laughs> Trey McBride. Last guy. We'll just touch on real quick. To me, you know, same feeling that I had with Kate Otten. It's still a rookie tight end. Look up rookie tight ends. They don't do very well for fantasy. Um, he could get on the radar if he gets some action this week, if he kind of falls right into that Zach Ertz role, but not 100% confident he'll do that. If you're streaming level, like low-level tight ends and you want to add him as a uh, you know potential breakout, I don't mind that kind of play. But if you have a good tight end on your roster, I don't think Trey McBride's going to be on your radar. Yeah, um, I, I'm actually kind of interested here. Uh, I think he's a good stash for people that lost Dallas Goddard, uh, especially in deeper leagues. He was basically on the field for every single snap after Zach Ertz uh, left, the, left the game last week, and he's out for the year. So McBride should see a pretty large role, at least as far as snapshot goes. He was a pass-catching guy coming out of college as well. So I think there's a chance he earns himself a role here. But yeah, rookie tight end, I would not start him this week. Uh, he's more of just a long-term play for those that are uh, struggling out of the position. I think he could potentially move into you know the back-end starting tier if things break. Yeah, right I do think there is a way that he gets there, but it's just it's hard to imagine rookie tight ends kind of breaking out. It just doesn't happen uh, with great – it doesn't happen very often. I guess Fryermuth kind of you know was good towards the end of last year, so maybe we can get kind of a Fryermuth run out of uh, Trey McBride, so that is possible. But that kind of brings us to the end. Nick, do you have any any last thoughts, comments, anything else that you want to bring up here before we head out? Nope, just uh, Cordell Patterson, Justin Fields, uh, do your thing, and both of you just inspire the other one to, to keep going. That's, that's all I have all to right. say. Get after yep, it, Absolutely. Good luck this week, Nick. I hope that uh, that happens for you. But everybody else, good luck in your matchups. <laughs> sure you uh, best Bets Pod will be out probably right around the same time this one is. And then I will post our best bets on social media Sunday morning. Make sure to follow there as well. Uh, but let's go ahead and hit, get out of here. Nick, peace out. Justin, peace out. You got any, Nick, or Justin, you got any, any words of uh, wisdom for the listeners? Uh, I don't have much, but I do. I, I think the Kansas City-Los Angeles Chargers is going to be a fun game to bet on. Yeah? 
Um, Absolutely. My, it's my favorite to play those FanDuel, the five-man leagues on those. Oh, like a uh, a maybe, daily fantasy game? The players. Yeah, I think that's going to be the best yeah, one. Yeah, let's get one rolling. Let's get one high-scoring game out there. Let's so. get one with us three. And then, I'll share my well, thoughts on that. I'll one join this league. Yeah, yeah, let's get one. Let's get yeah, get me in there. Sure. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, everybody, good luck on your league. Uh, good luck in your matchups this week. And like I said, check out the Best Bet Show. It's on fire. Uh, we'll give you all those amazing statistics at the beginning of that one. So peace out, everybody. See you guys.